Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for sports as it is week 10 in the National Football League, halfway through the season. It's crazy. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce, and joining me today is Bill Needles. How are you, Bill? I am fantastic, sir. Thank you. All right. Good to have you. Rounding out the trifecta, as always, is Craig Needles. How are you, Craig? I'm doing pretty well. Um... Broncos won a game this week, which we'll talk about, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we sure will. Knocked us out of, the, knocked a lot of people out of the survivor pool. We'll 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 discuss yeah, that at the end because. Yeah, we, we're officially out of the survivor pool, but we, we we're, we'll add an addendum to the end of the podcast because we we'll, we'll still give out what we think is the the survivor pool picks of the week and whatnot. Even though we're we're technically yeah, we'll 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 do a little tweak. Even though we we the, the bragging will stop from here on out, obviously from because we were we were knocked out. But we'll we'll still give recommendations at the end of the pod as we always do. And this one I I have a pretty easy one this week I think for everybody. Um. So, uh, what do you say we just get into week 10? Is it, uh, I, th- I think I see some, some pretty good betting opportunities. First off, a not so great, but could be, end up being, uh, mildly interesting Thursday night game. The Baltimore, you at least get to watch, uh, L- Lamar Jackson at all. Baltimore Ravens head into Miami as minus seven and a half point favorites. Miami Got off the schneid with a home victory over the Texans last week. The Baltimore Ravens with a just a, a tremendous to watch football game against your Vikings. Unfortunately, your Vikings ended up on the uh, on the on the, the the bum end of that stick there, Bill. But it, it was a damn good football game to watch, even though some of the overtime stuff was a little bit sus, I think, uh, to say the least. But uh, it, it was still great. I think I've read a stat somewhere that it was like, um, I, I think uh, before this year, Lamar Jackson was like over his career whenever he'd been down two touchdowns. And this year he's got three, like three, like the three times he's been down by two scores this year, he's come back and won. So he's been really improved those, like making those intermediate throws, which is, is you know, making him become just an all-time like he he's booking for a double MVP this year. Right now I think it's him and, and, and Brady that are the uh, – the MVP candidates that said, I I think this might be a little bit of a letdown spot for the Ravens. I know the dolphins aren't great, but I kind of like them catching the seven and a half at home. And this is a spot we usually like to pick on his home team, getting points on Thursdays, even though dolphins are trash and the Ravens are much better. I, I, I think this has a potential for a letdown spot for the Ravens and the dolphins might sneak in a cover. Craig, what do you think Miami getting seven and a half at home? Uh, man, I'm all Baltimore here. I just think this defense is uh, the Miami defense is not good. I would suspect that it's going to be Brissett rather than Tonga Vailoa. Um, and and the Ravens' offense is just firing all cylinders right now, man. They're just doing everything. The defense is is suspect. So I guess maybe that's what you're a little bit worried about is perhaps you get a backdoor cover just because the Ravens' secondary isn't very good. But I'm 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 thinking it's Baltimore here. I know that goes against what I typically preach, as you said on a Thursday. But I think it's Baltimore. This is a pretty big gap in terms of DVOA. Baltimore seventh, and the Miami Dolphins are twenty eighth. So that's a a rather significant gap. Uh, Miami is three five and one against the spread, so a borderline five hundred record. And the Baltimore Ravens are three and five, so they're you know roughly the same in terms of covering the spread, which is what we care about on this podcast. Bill, where are you on this one? Dolphins catching seven and a half at home. Uh, 
Yeah, I got to be Baltimore here. I, I think Miami is terrible. I think Baltimore, like Craig said, they're humming right now. Um, even on a short week, I can't see a way Miami doesn't make a whole bunch of mistakes. And I, I think Baltimore is going to get the job done. So even with the, the high line here, I still got to take Baltimore. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. Sorry, go the ahead. Last time the, uh, went to Miami? The last time Baltimore they, uh, went to Miami. They hung, they, it was week uh, week one of the 2019 season. The Ravens hung half a hundred on them. Oh, wow. Now, I don't know if they're going to be hanging half a hundred again. But, yeah, uh, Hollywood Brown had 180 yards, and Andrews had 100 yards and a score. Like, they just did whatever they wanted. I think Ingram had 100 yards and a touchdown. It was just nuts. Anyway, um, they, they hung half a hundred on them. Now, this defense has some more talent than the one from 2019, but I'm not sure if it's playing better than the one from 2019. Uh, so Thursday, it's a little bit different, but I just think that the way that the Baltimore offense is going right now and the stuff they do, like they're not conning you. Like the, the what Baltimore does with the ball is they're not, they're not like running this complex stuff. That's going to trick you. They're saying, Hey, we've got Lamar. He might run it. He might throw it. And you know what I mean? So I just think that's an easier offense to translate into a Thursday. So I, uh, I I think Baltimore scores frequently. To me, the, what I'd be worried about is their defense allowing uh, allowing a late touchdown to cost you your cover, but I want the Ravens. Yeah, the, the seven and a half is obviously a key number because you're getting the hook, and, yeah. and, and that makes it a bit troubling for me. So it's, it's, it's moved a point in Baltimore's direction. It opened in some places at six and a half. Yeah. I would I would wager that sharp money too, and then if it's at seven and a half now, I wouldn't be surprised if the sharps are going to buy back. So certain sharps are going to buy back on the seven and a half now, because like that's a key number going from six to se- six and a half to seven and a half, obviously. Um, seven point. Yeah. So let's head to the Sunday afternoon games. Pretty decent slate. There's some some fun matchups in this in this one o'clock slate for sure. Um, first up, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington Football Team are coming off a both coming off a bye week, so they're on pretty equal rest. Last, uh, uh, should mention, this week's bye teams, Chicago, Cincinnati, Houston, and the Giants. They're all uh, off this week. The Buccaneers are laying 9.5 against the football team in Washington. I think this is a... I think this is a hold your nose and take the Washington plus the 9.5. I mean... Washington has certainly underperformed from what they, we thought they might do, but at the same time, we go back to the playoffs last year. This is the only this is the only defense that gave the Buccaneers a that, that gave the Buccaneers a game in the playoffs last year. But um, I think I think I'm going to be on Washington plus the nine and a half. But it's it's going to be kind of tough for me. Bill, what do you think? Washington catching nine and a half at home? Yeah, I'm feeling the same thing. I, I, I like Washington. I think that's just a few too many points. Uh, both these teams are coming off a bye, I, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I think at the very least, Washington's good enough to keep it close. I don't think uh, Tampa Bay is going to run amok on them. Uh, give me, you know, almost 10 points at home with a not a good team, but a mediocre one. I'll take it. So give me Washington. Another big gap in the DVOA, Craig. Tampa Bay is t- second. Um, we got a new number one this week that we'll mention later, and the 
Oh, where are they? The Washington football team is 24th, so yet another pretty giant gap. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the spread are currently 3-5, and five, and the Washington football team is 1-7 against the spread. So, obviously, that's uh, not great. So, the Washington football team not covering the spread, but they're catching 9.5. Craig, where are you on this one? I, I think it's, it's Tampa, but you're not getting the best of the number anymore, right? Like, we've already seen... Like, I know that some places, this this game opened at 7.5. So, we've already seen it go up at a point, two points. Uh, I know Wynn is offering this at 10 right now. Ooh. Like, 10? Like, so, you, I think it's Tampa Bay, but you're not getting the best of the number anymore, that's for sure. Oh, uh, points bets offering at this 10 as well. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and say, for me, it's going to be Tampa. But I'm not making this one of my five because I do not like the number that uh, you have to go at anymore. Yeah, so it sounds like we all prefer Was- the Washington side right now, basically, with the with the nine and a half. Even though, yeah, you're hesitant to take the Bucks, But we all like the Washington nine and a half on this, it seems. Next up, the Detroit Lions coming off a bye week. Still winless. We'll head to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers, who came off a rather suspicious victory against the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. A game that was so horrifically terrible that all of the discussion after this game was simply about a referee who, quite frankly, looked like he purposely banged into a Chicago Bears lineman in order to throw a flag so that they could keep the game going. Like, like this, if... if this, this, you know, six years from now, if NFL officials are getting investigated for single-game betting, this is going to be the game that we all think back to, I think, just based on how suspect the refereeing in this was. There, well, there was, a, there was a pass interference that was suspect on De- Deontay Johnson on the uh, on the sideline. I think it was Pittsburgh's sideline. There, there was a couple roughing the passers that were questionable. And all of this stuff's going against Chicago. Oftentimes you look at these games and you think to yourself, well, that was a weird call. Well, wait a minute. There were two other weird calls that went against the team. You know what I mean? So it kind of like balances out. But uh, there was something odd about this. Mm. There was something very bizarre about this game. I agree. It just it it uh, it came off weird. And the thing that sucks about it is, look, I don't know if it necessarily changed the outcome. Like the Bears had their chance at the end to stop Pittsburgh on one drive to win the game. They didn't do it. Um, I don't know if it necessarily changed the outcome, at least for me. But uh, if I were a Bears fan, like that was like a really nice Justin Fields second half on national television. And that's cool to watch, obviously. But you have to be annoyed by the fact that that's not what anyone's talking about. They're talking about the question refereeing. Yeah, for sure. The, it, it's, it's just like this, this, the refereeing in this one was so bad and so one-sided. And I'm glad it happened to a, a team uh, not called the Detroit Lions because if it happened to the Detroit Lions, which is what usually happens, we everybody just kind of sweeps it under the rug and says, oh, well, they suck anyway, which is true. We do suck. But I'm glad it happened to a team that the league actually cares about. So <laughs> we can sit here and be like, huh. But, yeah, if in 10 years from now or whatever there's a Tim Donahue-esque scandal among referees betting on football games, <laughs> the first game we're all going to think about, I think, is hey, remember that bear? Remember that Justin Field Bears Monday, you know, Bears Steelers Monday Nighter when a referee purposely hip checked a guy so that he could throw a flag and keep a drive going for Pittsburgh that led to points. Woo! 
Woo! Like, like that's the thing about like I, I think it, it Bears fans have an argument that that game did that that did cost them the game, Craig, just because uh, they won by well, two did, or whatever it was, and that drive led to yeah, three no, points, no. right? Yeah, 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 but no, that that drive, yeah, that drive did lead to three points, yeah, but would Chicago run their own drive differently, the one where they wound up scoring at the end if they had less time? So yeah, I guess they they could they could argue that, or you know. Pittsburgh's final drive, would they have tried to go for a touchdown as opposed to a field goal? And Pittsburgh's final drive, they moved it pretty well. So there's there's a bunch of different stuff that could have happened, obviously. But um, fair enough. Um, the Bears needed to play better in the first half if they wanted to win, in all likelihood. Either way, uh, yes, very questionable officiating. And the the, the stuff with the, the check on Cassius Marsh, like, that's... It looked like he moved right into him, didn't it? Like, it absolutely. Like I, I, like yeah, I don't think there's any maybe about it. I think he absolutely did it. It's, it, I don't, yeah. That, that's why this becomes super suspicious is because he purposely bumped into a guy in order to call a flag on him. It's, it's, oof, ooh, so weird. Anyway, let's talk about this week. The Lions head into Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. The Steelers laying nine. Uh, and this one's got a little bit of a weird twist to it. Because normally, you would think that the Steelers would easily be the public side of this, right? The Steelers are a very public team. They're one of the three public teams that exist in the NFL. It's them, the Packers, and the Cowboys. The Steelers are the better team. They've won games. The Lions are winless. And we just saw the Steelers get a victory on Monday night. But here's the thing. The Lions are coming off a bye. And the Steelers, we just saw, get a very suspect victory at home. Referee-aided victory a little bit against a not-so-great Chicago Bears team. And I think the public has seen this and is on the Detroit Lions, who they have seen cover a few games this year because the Lions are 4-4 four and four against the spread despite the 0-8 start. They're... They've covered some of these games. The public is weirdly on the Detroit Lions side, which to me is this is going to be a blowout. The Steelers are going to crush the Lions, and and I'm 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 laying the nine with this one, and I think the Steelers should be a survivor pool candidate for Week Ten. Bill, what do you think? Not as confident as you, but you know the Lions better than anyone. <laughs> Um, you know they lose all the time by a large margin. Sure do. <laughs> it's my life. It's not glamorous, but it's my life. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I got to go with Pittsburgh here. Detroit has just done nothing to suggest that they're going to go on the road and, and keep anything that competitive. I guess they've had a few closer games, but no, I think, uh, I think Pittsburgh's going to be able to air it out here, even though they've struggled this year as well. So I'll, I'll take Pittsburgh in the high line. Like the difference between the Lions and what we saw on Monday night is when the Steelers get the lead, the Bears had Justin Fields, who Craig mentioned, had a very good second half that if you're a Bears fan, you're going to be extremely encouraged about going forward. Whereas if you're the Detroit Lions and you get down like that, you're like, crap, we've got Jared Goff under center. This is donezo, unless DeAndre Swift all of a sudden starts ripping off 70-yard screen passes, right? It's it's just, uh, it's, it's a dreadful situation. Uh, I mentioned the Lions are 4-4 four and four against the spread. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 3-5. and five, So technically, for what we care about on this podcast, the Lions are currently the better team than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, DVO rankings, Pittsburgh 19th, Detroit Lions, Sue. 
seceding the Atlanta Falcons and taking their rightful spot at dead last, 32nd in the league in DVOA. Steelers land nine. Craig, where are you on this one? The Lions coming off a bye. The Steelers in a short week. I don't know. That, I mean, that, that's the public. That's the public's take on this one. I'll tell you that because the public is on Detroit, which is you know weird to say in in this exact situation because the Steelers are a very public team and are the better team. Why, why am I giving up? The, yeah, they're the better team, but the Steelers are 19th in DVOA. Why am I giving up nine points to bet on the 19th team in DVOA uh, with them playing on a short week against someone else coming off a bye? Why am I doing that? <laughs> because the Detroit Lions are 0-8 and, and are going to become the second team. Link. <laughs> just, just, again, ignore ignore the team for a second. This is the 19th mm-hmm. team in DVOA. They are not, like, they, they scrape by a, a lousy Bears team on Monday Night Football six days ago. For which they needed help from the officiating to do. And now I have to give up nine points to bet on this team? Against a team that hasn't played football in two weeks? I just, I, I have a hard time with that. I have a hard time with that. If you want to take them in eliminator pools, go ahead. Like, feel free. I think that's a pretty reasonable pick. I just don't know if I'm giving up nine points. Fair. And like, like I was saying, the public is, is seems to be on your same wavelength there, Craig. Which, I mean, it does seem like the Lions are at a spot here, which is why I'm extremely suspicious. And plus, I know that the Detroit Lions... Because, I don't know, because we, we did the same thing going into the, like, like the same thing going two weeks ago when they were against the Eagles. There was a lot of money line, Lions come, money, there was a lot of money line money coming in on the Lions in that home game against the, the Eagles. And not only did they not win the game, but they got boat raced out of their own building against a pretty mediocre Eagles team. Against a pretty mediocre Eagles team in what many thought was going to be the Lions' best opportunity to win a game this season. And they got embarrassed in their own building. Like, eh. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on the Steelers, I think. That's me. Uh, next up, a pretty darn good game. The New Orleans Saints head to Tennessee to take on the Titans. The Titans are getting three. So they're saying that this is these are two evenly matched teams. And the Titans are getting the three-point home bump. Love, 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 love the New Orleans Saints catching three points here. They're going to be one of my five. Bill, what do you think? Yeah, I I think I'm on New Orleans here. Um, You're getting a few points. Tennessee, they played a good game last week against the Rams, but I don't know that they'll be able to do that against New Orleans. I think without uh, without Derrick Henry, they're going to have to go to the air a little bit more, and I don't know that they'll be as successful in New Orleans. Um against new orleans i should say so i'm gonna go with the saints here um but i'm not as enamored as you are uh new orleans eighth in dvoa tennessee and 14th as far as the spread bit of a disparity here saints are four and four solid against the spread titans a insane seven and two same as their regular record against the spread craig what side do you like in this one i i think it's got to be the titans even though logic dictates it's the saints right just because Look, the Titans are beating these good teams. And I I, I will say I understand what, what, what Bill's saying about the offense because even though they went to Los Angeles and beat the Rams, that was a win for the defense, I think. The offense didn't look all that good during this, to be honest. So, so they are going to miss Henry. The defense is probably not going to make that many plays. The defense, from a DVOA perspective, is really dragging this team down. 
Um, they are. It's just not a good. Well, I shouldn't say dragging them down. Like the defense has been fine, but it's just. Um, it's been. It's been a weird year for Tennessee, but it feels like they always find a way, even against these elite teams. And when it comes to the bye in the AFC playoffs, which Tennessee currently would have if they started today, here's how the rest of the schedule goes. You tell me how many losses you hear in the schedule. Home to New Orleans, home to Houston, at New England, home to Jacksonville, at Pittsburgh, home to the 49ers, home to the Dolphins, at Houston. Oof, that's Doesn't not a lot like in there. A lot of else. Because they, they, they've already done the hard part of their schedule. They've played the Cardinals, who they lost to. Uh, they played the Seahawks. They played the Bills. They played Kansas City. They played the Rams. Like, this is kind of the last game where they're probably not going to be favored by at least a field goal. Maybe the road game in Pittsburgh. But, yeah, I know. I, I think it's the Titans, but that's just because they keep winning these games when they're not supposed to be winning them. That's true. I just think, what is the line on this game if Cordero Patterson doesn't get loose with 30 seconds left in the game for a 65-yard whatever it was, right? Like, is this closer? Is this... Yeah, yeah, the Saints... Yeah, I was going to say, is this is, is this a pick if the Saints end up winning that game with Trevor Simeon starting the entire game? I I, I just... I'm, I'm, I'm trusting... I'm, I'm trusting so I, the I Saints that. coach here in this one. I understand why you're trusting Sean Payton, but hear me out on this. Uh, this is the number one team in the AFC right now by record. I think that you, if you want to bet on Trevor Simeon to beat them on the road, you probably need a few points. More, and it might be more than three. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I might be putting my money where my mouth is because I, I, I like New Orleans. I think they're they're going to be one of my five. So. Uh, but you know, I've been terrible this year, so <laughs> feel free to fade Matt Pierce. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, next up the Atlanta Falcons coming off a, a, the aforementioned win over the saints head to Dallas to take on the Cowboys who murdered survivor pools the world over last week. Uh, just getting boat raced Detroit lions esque getting boat raced out of their own building by your Denver Broncos, Craig. Uh, I feel like you set us up. I feel like you sacrificed our survivor pool to to the gods of of football for a for, for a Broncos win. No one was more shocked by that result than I. And look, everything went Denver's way. Yeah, um, the punt thing was unconscionably thing, stupid. Was yeah, that, that was. Awesome. Yeah. Like I I just where you get you get a punt blocked and then somehow because of bounces you get a first down out of it. That's just, it's your day, and it's not the other team's day. Yeah, and, and that was one of those things where, like, I realized by the letter of the law, I guess, that that's supposed to be a Broncos ball, but, like, the Cowboys blocked the punt. They should get the football, right? Like, it's like, what are we doing here, guys? Like, common sense yeah, at a certain point, point should dictate, right? The rule, the rule is a Dallas player touched the ball on the, other, on the Dallas side of the line of scrimmage, which means it's now a live ball. Yeah, but like on the on the and that makes sense on like the Leon Lett play from forever ago <laughs> that that gets you know replayed in like you know sports biggest yep. blunders of all time that makes sense on that play but on what we witnessed last Sunday it was like no the Denver Broncos should not have a first down right now but like that was the exact moment I texted you guys and I'm like well we're done here when that stuff starts happening it is absolutely not your day oh. right 
the Cowboys on the first the Cowboys first two drives they had fourth and ones that they went for and didn't get. Uh-huh. Uh on the second one, Cooper was wide open on third and one and dropped the ball. Like it was just a day where everything was going right for Denver and nothing was going right for Dallas. Right? Like that's 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 just, yeah, that's just it was the, the Noah Fingway the, game for the Cowboys, right? Yeah. Which is how people get knocked yeah. out of these survivor pools usually. Nope, that's exactly it. It was just the way we're at, a day where every single thing goes against them. Uh, so what does that mean for the Broncos going forward? I'm not sure. Uh, this is a good matchup for them. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, as for the Cowboys, I don't think that means a whole lot what we just saw. They just had, you know, sometimes weird stuff happens and you lose. So I don't, I don't feel much differently about the Cowboys now than I did a week ago. No, uh, Dallas is fifth in DVOA. Atlanta thirty first, even at, coming after wins. Man, Atlanta's like they're four and four. They've got the last wild card in the NFC right now, which is crazy that, to think so about. That tells you more about the NFC beyond the first five teams than it does anything else. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, the Atlanta. Like I, I was very high on Atlanta coming into the year, and now I, I, I look at that team and I know they're not nearly as good as as anything would tell us i still think they're um, going to grind out that over for us though which is yeah what, what what do they good need the over uh i'll double check i want to say it's eight because th- that which is yeah. why we liked it so much i think I can, let me yeah, see if they, i can they, they can still get to nine and eight you would think we'll see. it was seven and a half yeah they need to get to eight that was why we liked it because we just oh, were like yeah, this is yeah. a solid offense so yeah they can definitely get to I, I think this is the Cowboys, though. This is a get-right game for the Cowboys. Things go right for them today, and the Cowboys win this game in a blowout. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I'm on Dallas laying the nine or uh, in this one. Spread-wise, the Dallas Cowboys were a comfortable 7-1. and one. They were the only undefeated team left before the, they obviously they clearly didn't cover against the Broncos. And the Atlanta Falcons are 4-4, four and four, so these are two solid teams against the spread. Cow- yeah. Cowboys laying nine. Bill, what do you think? Yeah, I got to go Cowboys here. I think they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder for this one. Um, as far as I know, they have most of their players back. Uh, they're going to be healthy and practicing for a full week going into this. I, I think we're going to go see some fireworks, which means I think they'll run it up a bit. So give me uh, give me the Dallas with the high line. Yeah, so we all love the Dallas. We're, we're laying the nine. Uh, next up, the Cleveland Browns head to New England to take on the Patriots, a line that's seen a little bit of movement. It opened up at Patriots minus one and a half and is now Patriots minus two. It looks like it's going to be Dearness Johnson for this one because Nick Chubb has tested positive for COVID. Uh, I mean, they're, they're still vaccinated. And mm-hmm. there's some hope within the Browns organization yes. that he can still return two negative tests before this game. Yeah, if he gets it, if he gets two negative tests in, then he's uh, then he's going to be eligible for this game. Uh, so maybe it's a false positive or whatever the frack, but uh, you know, no, here, it's, here's it's hoping. Real positive is the way it works. Um, so mm-hmm. it is definitely real positive because they've done the second test. So the question is. Can Nick Chubb test negative twice in a 24-hour span before the game? So what they're going to likely do is give him a test on either Friday or Saturday and then test in 24. And if he's negative, then test in 24 hours later to see what happens. They'll probably obviously be testing him somewhat regularly, but uh, I believe that will be the – or he'll be testing himself. Uh, I believe that will be the situation. Uh, But the Browns seem to believe that he's asymptomatic and he's vaccinated, obviously. They've seen – they – are the belief it's possible he gets a, a clean bill of health and is good to go, which is the difference between being vaccinated and being immunized. You know, 
Shots fired, Craig. Uh, the uh, what I would say to that is, I hope you didn't drop the Ernest Johnson in your fantasy pool. That's what I would say to that. I, I yeah, did not do that. <laughs> so my bench ready to go in if Nick Chubb is unable to play Sunday. Uh, Cleveland sixth in DVOA. New England, where are you? Thirteenth in DVOA. I like the Patriots. Give me the Patriots. The, I hate it. I, I I I would want to know more about who Cleveland's running back is going to be before I make a decision here. Uh, would you like to talk about New England's uh, rookie quarterback, Kurt Angle? <laughs> Just breaking oh, ankles. Right. I, I, I thought that uh, I thought that the ankle lock was something only Kurt Angle does. I didn't realize that Mac Jones had been to the star pass rusher. Um, yeah. I, I think Mac Jones is a dick. Like that was that was really really bad stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely reminded me of of it, it, it. I went straight to the Kurt Angle thing too because it reminded me of remember when uh, Kurt Angle remember when they were reviving uh, EZW or they tried to revive ECW and there was that one pay per view where Kurt Angle was like going to be their guy and the fans started chanting "Break his ankle" and stuff like that. And I was like, oh my god, Pat's fans would do that too. Yeah, that was that was. That was that was just really like Vontez Perfect thinks that Mac Jones was being dirty on that play. Yeah, it, like the only thing he didn't do is do the alligator roll along with it, right? To really yeah. try to destroy the guy's tendons and whatnot. Oh God! And he, I don't know, he of the ten of uh, the ten touchdowns, seven interceptions, still is getting a lot of like like. I, I gotta say, Belichick is doing this right now with smoke and mirrors and a good defense is what it is because he he's hiding Mac Jones because I I'm I mean the jury's still out because he's not even double digit games into his career yet but I I'm I, I I think the Mac Jones love is somewhat unwarranted. That said, I I, I still like the New England Patriots this week to to cover against the Browns because they're just I grinding out these wins. Like, maybe after their bye, Baker's a little healthier, and he looked pretty good against the Bengals. And maybe just not having Odell around is a good thing for them. Yeah, it, it was like, weird that the narrative all offseason was... Yeah. We don't need to worry about targeting this guy. We just, like, let's just... Uh, Let's just do what we need to do. Uh, again, it's one game, but they played a good team, and they won, and they won big. Uh, on the road, no less. I, uh, I I think I'm taking Cleveland here. I think Cleveland's going to be one of my fives. I mean, I was on Cincinnati last week, and, and once they saw that 99% of the tickets had come in on the Browns, it was at that moment that Matt Pierce knew he fucked up, and he immediately ran to the computer and bought back whatever tickets he could on Cincinnati, didn't get some of them back, lost the money on that one, obviously, but re-upped on, on the Browns, because the games where 99% of the tickets are on one side, go ahead and bet the other side, because it's never that easy. <laughs> like, 99% of the people have never come through it happened last year in that that fabled uh rams jets game when the the jets were like a 17 point underdog or whatever the frack browns are currently sixth in dvoa new england's 13th so this one's pretty close against the spread the browns are five and four and the new england patriots are five and four so both two very good teams against the spread a line that has seen some movement. I'm not sure if it's because of Nick Chubb or because of the money coming in on the Patriots or whatever. I like them 
At, like when it was one and a half, I kind of like them. At the two, I I don't know. I I think I might be on the Patriots here, especially if it, if they're if the Browns aren't missing Nick Chubb. I agree with you, Craig, that perhaps getting rid of Odell Beckham was a good move. Was a good move, and well, obviously it was a good move, but um, it was just weird that the narrative with him all summer was that. You know, man, it, like the great news is that there's no news, you know, with Odell. Like he's just, he's clearly, he's ready to buy in and that whole thing. And it's just like, eh, well, that turned out to be wrong. And it's, I don't get it. Cause like they were winning. So why is he doing any of this? Uh, so I, I just, I don't get it. Uh, New England Patriots currently laying two. Bill, where are you on this one? Yeah, I'm on the Patriots here. I, I, I think the last several weeks, the Patriots have really had it figured out. I think there is a lot of uncertainty going around Cleveland right now. I think you're getting New England in Foxborough. Um, I think it's a good spot for the Patriots here, so I'm on the Patriots. Next up, the Buffalo Bills head to New York to take on the Nye Jets. This is a line that's seen a little bit of movement. The It opened up at Jets minus 13, sorry, Jets plus 13. And the Sharps came in a little bit on the Jets. I like the Jets at the plus 13, but it's been bet down to uh, currently Bills minus 12. So the, uh, you lost a point on the Jets if, if you wanted to do the old hold your nose and bet the Jets, which is what I'm currently recommending. And Buffalo, I mean, their offense just has not looked good or crisp the last two weeks against... Nope. Two very, very suspect teams that were the Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously. Like, if I had told you the Jaguars scored nine points last week, like, like what odds would you have got saying that the Jacksonville Jaguars would have beat the Buffalo Bills scoring only nine points and that Josh Allen, the quarterback, would have been the second best Josh Allen on the field in that football game? It it, it was something. Yeah, The offense is 19th in DVOA. Yeah, what is going on with that? The defense remains in first by a significant margin, but the offense is 19th. That's that's not going to get it done. That's not going to get it done. Like no. the other teams that are like the other teams that are legit contenders in less so in the AFC because all the AFC teams have some holes. But like even the AFC, Cleveland's fifth in offensive DPOA. Baltimore's seventh. Like you know, this is. Uh, these are teams that have have moved the ball with some level of success that uh, that the Bills are competing with. I think the Bills win this game uh, just because the Jets are bad. Even though, hey, Mike White's back for this one. Uh, the Bills win this game, but I, I think the Jets cover the spread. Yeah, I'm I'm on the Jets too. Spread wise, the Bills are four or three and one, so essentially 500 against the spread, and the Jets a robust two and six so they have not been covering the high lines that they've been getting and i'm going to go ahead and wager that the two wins that the jets have are the two times they've covered the spread so if the jets i guess if the jets win they cover the spread uh billy where are you on the on this the bills catching 12 in the meadowlands yeah i'm on the jets here i don't think the the bills have the offensive power to 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 beat them by this much i think the jets can at least you know, if they can get 14 on the board, I don't know that the Bills are going to be able to overtake that. So um, certainly Buffalo is going to win this game. Can't see any way they don't. But uh, I'm taking the points in the Jets. Last, you know, it's been it's been said a few places. Uh, just on this one before I we wrap up on this game. Yeah, it's sure. Said in a few places, but the the issue with Buffalo is not dissimilar to the issue with Kansas City, which is defenses know that you guys are not going to be able to run the ball. Yeah, Singletary's been bad. So was, yeah, and, and 
Kansas, like it's not even the Singletary's been bad. It's just the offense, like the scheme has not been conducive to running the ball. Like it's just, if defenses know you're not going to be able to do this, they don't have to plan for it. So if you're going up against the Rams, you can't run that scene. You know, hey, Henderson might be able to run the ball and have a real good day doing it. If you're going up against the Buccaneers, like you at least have to consider like, hey, Fournette is having a really nice season. Like he's playing really well. We can't just expect this to be Brady, Brady, Brady all the time. Cardinals, same thing. Now, Edmonds is hurt, but uh, Connor went in and he was fantastic on Sunday. So the Bills have not been getting that and the Chiefs have not been getting that. I think that's why we're seeing those offenses struggle as badly as they have, despite the fact that they have elite quarterbacks and some really good playmakers. Scott Hansen was really into that Josh Allen, Josh V. Josh Allen thing, wasn't yeah, he, man? He 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 overplayed that. <laughs> yeah, he, he overplayed his hand there. So did a few other NFL reporters on Twitter. Uh, it was cool. And, hey, mm-hmm. Josh Allen's a good player, and, and a lot of people don't know that because he plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That guy's a really good player, really good pass rusher. Um, but that was a little excessive. It was a little excessive, but I get it. It was, it just, he, it, it was such a hilarious rarity that I'll obviously let it slide, but Scott Hansen was a little too into the Josh Allen squared, uh, on Sunday. Um, speaking of that though, the last, uh, game of the one o'clock slate, the Jacksonville Jaguars head to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Uh, before we talk about this game, I would like to just acknowledge an absolutely tremendous feat accomplished by the Jacksonville Jaguars kicker, whose name I don't know, and I don't want to learn his name because it's only going to humanize him in my mind. But he, the Jacksonville Jaguars kicker, missed three straight kicks. Now, when I say that, I don't mean he missed a kick and then some plays happened and then he had another chance at a kick and then missed that one and then some plays happened again and then he missed a third kick after. I mean, he missed a kick... There was a flag. He got to move five yards closer, missed that kick, but there was another flag, and he got to move five yards closer again, and he missed it a third time. I was floored. I cannot believe that these guys, these useless, useless people decide football games. It is beyond me. Absolutely beyond me. I thought Buffalo was going to win that game until the final drive. I yeah. thought, that, all right, this is the drive where the Bills score and this stupid thing is going to be over. I thought that was going to happen until the last drive of the game. Uh, but especially when that happened, I'm like, oh, Jacksonville's going to miss their kicks? Yeah, this is done. Uh, was not done. I can't believe I didn't, I did not like have a stroke when that third, when he was, when he missed that third kick. Cause I was, I was just like, <laughs> Yeah, like just like thinking about these guys, like the rest of the guys on the team who are going to have all these like insane health and mental problems in their 50s and 60s when their families have to take care of them because they played this game at a professional level. <laughs> and this guy misses three kicks in a row. <laughs> ah, I hate it. Uh, but all right, uh, this week, the Jacksonville Jaguars head to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Colts laying minus 10 and a half. I'm Colts are one of my five. I'm laying the ten and a half with the Colts. They blow up the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars got their feel good victory at home last week. This week they quote unquote come back down to earth, I guess, because they won a game by kicking three field goals. Uh, Colts blow them out uh, going away. Uh, Billy, what do you think on this one? I don't know if I want to lay that many with the Colts. If you did last week, they covered and they got ten <laughs> days rest. <laughs> yeah, it's true. 
Uh, and Jacksonville's worse than the Jets. Alas, I think I'm taking the points here. I don't see the, the Colts being good enough to warrant that many, even against Jacksonville. I think um, I don't think Jacksonville plays very well, but I don't think the Colts beat them by more than 10. So give me Jacksonville. DVOA, Jacksonville, 27th, Indianapolis, 10th. They're coming along. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. Than I thought, yeah. They're getting, they're getting hot, man. They're, 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 I, Craig and I discussed this in the over-unders podcast that basically the, the beginning of the season was going to be rough on the Colts and it was going to be tough to take their over, but the back half starts to get super cushy because now they start playing Jacksonville. Now they start playing the Texans and they get a couple other softies in there. And I think they're really solid. They're going to start coming, coming along here. And as long as Carson Wentz isn't doing anything silly, like throwing, like foregoing, giving up two points to give up seven points, right? Like, eh. um, Colts laying 10 and a half. Craig, where are you on this one? I am going to take the Jags, but mm. the, the one thing I, and I look, I understand that he's RB1 in fantasy right now. So despite the presence of Jonathan Taylor, Scott Hansen, do not show this game. Yeah, uh, I, I think you're right on this one. Here's here's the rest of the road for the Indianapolis Colts. At Buffalo, Tampa Bay, ooh. Uh, at Houston, New England, at Arizona, Las Vegas, at Jacksonville. So it gets easier, but there's a couple of. Uh, but not, not super crazy. easy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 playing uh, you're playing three teams that are probably going to be in the playoffs at, uh, at least maybe four if you count if you want to say the Raiders. And so, yeah, uh, not uh, not super easy. But you're right. They have they have two they have two games left against. Uh, or so they have a game left against Houston. They have two games left against Jacksonville. So those probably should be wins. So. Maybe things uh, even out a little bit for the uh, the Indianapolis Colts going forward here. Uh, marquee matchup uh, is it Browns Patriots or Saints Titans for you guys? Saints Titans for me. Saints Titans. Those are both Saints Titans. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I like that. Uh, all right, four o'clock slate. First up, your boys, Bill. The Minnesota Vikings coming off yet, yet another weird overtime loss. Take on the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers getting the three point home bump, so they are saying these two teams are equal. In the eyes of the betting world and the odds makers, I oh my god, stay away from me. <laughs> I don't try. I'm not ready to trust either of these two teams with uh, a single cent of my money. So absolute stay away from me, Billy. What do you think with your boys heading into Los Angeles? Yeah, I think I'm on the Chargers here. I think we're gonna see two teams. I think there's gonna be some points in this game. What do you have the over under at? The over under is forty four. Oh, I got fifty three. No, it's all right. No, I'm looking at the wrong game. It is absolutely fifty three. Excuse me. Uh, which yeah, was when I when I saw forty four to half my life. My eyes lit up like I was a cartoon character with <laughs> money signs. <laughs> my pupils replaced by money signs. I'm looking at uh, the Carolina Arizona game. The next game. Excuse me. It's 53, which I still kind of like the over, but not yeah. as much as I did the 44 and a half. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah, I think we're going to see some points here. And quite honestly, I like ah, – he's, he's young, but I like Herbert. Uh, I like his side of it. I think uh, if it's going touchdown for touchdown, I think he is the better end of it. So give me the, the Chargers here. The records against the spread for these two teams: the Chargers are five and three, and the Vikings are four and four. So two very good teams against the spread. DVOA wise, Minnesota coming in at eleventh, 
And the Los Angeles Chargers are coming in at 16th. So a pretty even matchup as far as uh, units and whatnot go. Chargers getting the three-point on Bob. Craig, what say you? I think that both these teams have played a lot of close games this season. So I think I'm just going to want the three points. Yeah, I I just have this as a stay away. I don't know which version of which of of either of these teams is going to show up because the Viking like literally any outcome is on the table in this game to me. The Vikings could go in there and Kirk Cousins could look like an MVP and Richard Jefferson could have 200 yards and two touchdowns and they could also score 10 points. And I think the same can be said about the Chargers that, you know, Herbert could have five touchdown passes. He could have one and fumble the ball a bunch of times. I just have no trust. Stay away game from me. Which takes us to the next game of the 4 o'clock slate. The Carolina Panthers are heading into Arizona to take on the Cardinals, coming off just an absolutely impressive road victory against the San Francisco 49ers uh, last week. And and just we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Kyle Shanahan, I think, when we get to the, to the San Francisco game. Um, but yeah, the Cardinals, without DeAndre Hopkins about an hour before the game, without Kyler Murray which we kind of figured was going to happen based on the way the the spread moved before the game. On the road, lose Chase Edmonds halfway through the first, first play. quarter. On first the, play. The first play of the game. Like, oh. Edmonds got a carry for three yards, tweaked his ankle, and he was out. Next up, the and then the Carolina Panthers, who are going to be without Sam Darnold for this game, which, you know, based on what we've seen, might be a good thing for the Panthers. Uh, the Cardinals laying 10.5. I think this is a bit of a letdown spot for the Carolina Panthers as far as the spread goes. I don't necessarily think they're going to lose this game, but I think the Panthers' defense is still kind of playing well enough that they can cover the 10.5. I think the 10.5 is too high. Give me, give me the Panthers' getting 10.5 points against the road. And I like it even better a little bit now that Darnold might be out, quite frankly. They might be able to put in that P.J. Walker and and maybe play a little more dynamic and then perhaps turn the ball over a little bit less. Billy, what do you think about this one? Cardinals laying 10.5 at home. Yeah, I, I think there's enough injuries here where I just want the points. I don't know who's going to make more mistakes. I think I want to try to just take the points and, and hope it's close enough. Um so I'm taking Carolina here, but I have minimal interest in this game. Cardinals seven and two against the spread. Panthers four and five. So uh, Arizona is very good against the spread. The Carolina Panthers are 26th in DVOA, and Arizona, for the first time this season, have superseded the Buffalo Bills, who are no longer first in DVOA. It is your Arizona Cardinals, Craig. How do you feel about this one with the Cardinals laying the ten and a half? Uh, Colt McCoy, man, uh, that's a, like that's a it's nice solid win for a for a back, back. He was good. He was good. Um, Very good. Yeah. Although I'm although uh, Christian Kirk had the best throw of the day for the Arizona Cardinals in that game. True. True. <laughs> um, I think this is like I think PJ Walker's okay. Mm-hmm. He's going to be starting this game. Sam Darnold, which, as you said, I think might be a beneficial thing for the the Panthers. P.J. Walker's been in this offense forever. Uh, he played in Matt Rule's offense at Temple. So, like, he knows what's going on with this. Uh, I will say that uh, I'm going to take the Panthers to cover, but I still think the Cardinals win the game. 
Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at, too. I like the 10.5. Sounds like we all like the Panthers to cover the spread, but the Cardinals to win the game. So maybe a nice little Panthers-Cardinals money line V spread parlay on the same game. Could be fun. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles headed to Denver to take on your Broncos, coming off one of the many impressive victories that happened last Sunday, Craig. Broncos getting the three-point home bump right now uh, against the Eagles. Uh, where are you on this one, Craig? I don't know. Like Denver's so injured at middle linebacker, and that's why I thought they were going to lose against Dallas is – uh, no Alexander Johnson, no Josie Jewell. And that's why Cleveland was able to do whatever they wanted on the ground against them. And I thought that Elliott and the Cowboys would do the same thing. Of course, Denver stopping a couple of fourth downs was huge. Then getting up a couple of scores early was big, too. Uh, I don't know if that'll go the, their way this this way again. But I also am not sure what the deal is with the Eagles, to be honest. Yeah, they, they kicked the crap out of Detroit. But I just don't know how good a team this is. Uh, I uh, I think Denver's the play. The Eagles, I mean, you mentioned it, that the Broncos have had a bit of trouble stopping the run. And I think that the fact that there were that the uh, Cowboys got stuck in the middle of the brand spanking, uh, no effing way game against your Broncos last week. The Eagle, big time. Yeah, the Eagles went to L.A. to play the Chargers, and that was a game. That was a very good game, and they just came up short, perhaps a little bit on the fact that they have a little bit less talent. The Eagles the last two weeks, like the, the reason they crushed the Lions is they ran the ball and committed to that. The reason they were in it with uh, the the Chargers is because they had a similar game plan. It seems like they need to they, they're using the run to unlock their passing game and, and open up lanes for Hertz, which is helping. So I'd be a little bit concerned. So I think personally I want the Eagles side of this, but I feel about this game the same way I felt about the Vikings Chargers game where I, I these are two kind of Jekyll and Hyde teams where you don't necessarily know which one's going to show up every week. So I, I'm I'm going to be a stay away. But personally, if 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 you know water gun to my head, I think I would be on the Eagles side of this. Billy, where are you on this one? Broncos land three at home. Yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on Denver here. I I think the Eagles are going to get killed on the ground and the, this one two punch Denver has going seems to be going pretty well the what's the the rookie's name or uh Williams Melvin Gordon yeah, yeah. I mean Williams has looked real good he and he looked real good against Dallas and I think he's going to look real good against Philadelphia and when when Teddy Bridgewater can control the clock he can win games so I'm on Denver here all right Last game of the 4 o'clock slate, the Seattle Seahawks head into Green Bay to take on the Panthers, and Green Bay is laying the three-and-a-half-point hook. Is that the Jordan Love line? I Is, is Aaron Rodgers playing this week? Because he's eligible to play on based on the events of Saturday, is it not? Like, doesn't he have to pass something yes, on... Now, he, has to, he has to, like Nick Chubb, have two consecutive negative tests 24 hours apart the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb can start trying to do his immediately Aaron Rodgers has to wait 10 days to be eligible but the best case scenario for Aaron Rodgers is he's allowed back in the building on Saturday afternoon and then can play Sunday afternoon now Aaron Rodgers knows the offense obviously but uh yeah I think that this is uh this is going to be Rodgers and, and look with Wilson back for Seattle isn't Packers by three and a half. Isn't that the Rogers line at this point? Oh, maybe not. No, you're probably right. It's not. 
But like, if it's Jordan Love, this is a this is not three and a half. It's so maybe they're trying to middle it. I don't know. But to me, if it's Jordan Love, just based on how awful he looked for just about the entire game against Kansas City, you can't do worse than a pick, right? Like you can't you can't have to you can't let someone have points betting against Jordan Love based on how bad he looked there. Yeah, like I'm I'm not concerned. Like let's say because we know Wilson's back. He was full go at practice today. He's he's going to be back. It seems. So I'm I'm stunned. This has to be the Aaron Rodgers v Russell Wilson line, right? Because no, you would I, think so. Yeah, because like that 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 makes sense to me with the two actual good quarterbacks playing in this game. That the Packers are getting the th- the, the the hook on the three point home bump there. Packers but, are a better team though. The Packers yes. Yeah. Which would explain why it's only three and a half and not a little bit higher for the Packers, because I think, uh, as you suspected, Craig, the, that Vegas is trying to cover their asses a little bit with uh, some of these lines, because like, yeah, because like if 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 this was Geno Smith versus, because like I'm stunned the Seahawks aren't favored, because if if this was if it was Geno Smith against Jordan Love, based on what we saw on Sunday, that game would have to be a pick at best, right? With probably leaning towards yeah, the Seahawks if not, if not, laying yeah, points. That, yeah, that, that's probably what it would be, is, 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 is a pick. Or maybe a slight edge to Green Bay just based on the uniforms and the location, but... Yeah, um, like minus one Green Bay. Like, like there's... If, you know, if, you know if, if Jordan... If, if anyone that works for any of these sports books thought that Jordan Love might be starting this game, uh, this line would not be three and a half. No, yeah. So this this has got to be the Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson line for sure. Um, that said, let us operate as if it is. Uh, I'm I'm gonna operate mentally as if it's it's Russell v. Uh, Rodgers. The Seattle Seahawks are 12th in DVOA. Green Bay is 15th, so a pretty pretty even matchup there. Uh, the tail of the tape, as far as the spread goes, the Packers are eight and one because Jordan Love did gloriously cover the spread with that <laughs> garbage time touchdown. Yeah. Although yeah. they got the ball back, so it technically wasn't a garbage time touchdown. They they no, they got they the had ball back. By the game and didn't do it, so yeah, yep. fair. So technically not a garbage time touchdown. As for the Seattle Seahawks, they are five and three, so two very good teams against the spread. Even though Jordan Love and Geno Smith have have started some games for these two teams, Packers. Laying three and a half to get in the hook. Billy, where are you on this one? Yeah, I'm on the pack here. I think, you know, we, uh, assuming we see Aaron Rodgers, uh, I, I think they'll be able to to throw all day on Seattle. So um, I take the pack. I think this line looks low, but I think you're just paying the price for uh, not knowing who's going to be there. I think we as a society should be cheering for the Seahawks in this game if Aaron Rodgers is indeed under center, which makes me think that Aaron Rodgers runs in for like three touchdowns and does the the, the discount double check or whatever the frack it is called these days. Um, Craig, where are you in this game, Seahawks-Packers? Does he pull a mask out of his pocket and throw it away? Oh, something, yeah. <laughs> Seems like that. I hope that doesn't happen, but because I'm already annoyed by the takes that would occur. But yeah, uh, as for the Seahawks, um, I, they're going to be, I think, energized by the fact that Russell's back. They're coming off a bye. I kind of like Seattle here. Yeah, they're better in DVOA, so so maybe it's, there's there's too much variance around this game right now for me to actually place any money on it. So I, I think this is going to be yet another stay away for for Matt Pierce, unfortunately. Um. The, I mean, the 
If it's Russell v. Wade, Seahawks-Packers is the marquee matchup, right, of the 4 o'clock slate? Not even not even close. It, it probably is anyway, even if Aaron Rodgers is just starting just based on the, the, the last week of coverage. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and give that the, the marquee matchup of the 4 o'clock slate. Sunday night, Chiefs-Raiders. Chiefs-Lang, two and a half. Don't get it. Take the Raiders, please. I know the Raiders kind of haven't. You know, they, they didn't look too good against the Giants there. Bit of a letdown spot for them. It, it's just a weird week for the for the, the, the Raiders last week with the whole Ruggs thing. And the Ruggs thing, I think, internally was probably very different in terms of creating energy within the team as opposed to the Gruden thing that happened a, a week earlier. Yeah, like, certainly more negative within the room than positive, I would imagine. The Chiefs, I, I don't, they shouldn't be laying points on the road against only like the bottom five teams in the league. Their defense is horrible. Their offense isn't great anymore either. I think Patrick Mahomes has been the fantasy football serial killer this year through not a lot of fault of his own. It's just weird that, that the Chiefs have a weird offense. But yeah, he like I think Patrick Mahomes has, has been the, the, the guy who's been murdering fantasy teams also this year. Lucky with, with turnovers. And True. that has really hurt their offense. Uh, not from an efficiency per play perspective, obviously, but from a touchdowns perspective. The, uh, like He's had balls bounce off guys' hands and be picked off and stuff like that. Yeah, and Travis Kelsey, I don't think people are talking enough about him not being great this year. Like he he is not getting separate. Like like he we we talked about him going into the season as you know is he going to be the greatest tight end of all time this sort of thing. He's not getting separation. He's running bad routes and he's dropping passes. So and taking that thing away for the fact combined with the fact that they can't run the ball is it's been a problem. And the defense is hot hot garbage for the for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh I mean, they went into Green Bay or they had a home game against Jordan Love that they barely squeaked out. Like they it was 13 to 7. If you'd have told me that, like, she, that if if Aaron Rodgers plays that game, the Packers win by two scores at least, right? Oh, I think I think it's a blow. Like it's a it's an insane blowout. I I, th- I think it would have been like thirty five to. Like, we're talking like four yep. more touchdowns for the Packers. I think right. Like, like if you'd have told me the Chiefs were only going to score thirteen, and, and even me thinking Jordan Love was playing last week, I would have been like, wow, congratulations to Jordan Love on his first NFL uh, on a win and his first NFL start. Like I would have said that on the road in Kansas City, the the vaunted Arrowhead. But like, man, they are. There is some bad juju going on with the Chiefs right now. It's so weird. Uh, Kansas City, 17th in DVOA. The Raiders are 21st. Uh, tail of the tape as far as the spreads go. I can't imagine Kansas City is a great... Kansas City, 2-7 and seven against the spread. Like, my God. And the Las Vegas Raiders are 4-4 four and four against the spread. So the Ra- Raiders better against coming spread. Bill, Raiders catching 2.5 points at home. What do you think? Yeah, I'm on the Raiders here. You're getting points. The Raiders have always been good against the team um, with, with a bad defense. They can always score points. Uh, and Kansas City has been exactly that, a bad defense. And the offense has not been good enough to counteract that. So I'll take a couple of uh, free points with the Raiders here. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I'm on the Raiders all the way. I mean, <laughs> the Raiders are my shoe-in of the week. Yeah, I mean, even even when Kansas City was the best team in the league it, during this Patrick Mahomes era, the Raiders, the, the Gruden Raiders, would go in there with some mediocre to not great teams and give this Chiefs team fits. 
like all the time. And now we're talking about this this really weak and wounded Chiefs team going, you know, going in and laying points. I mean, we we've got to try to take advantage of what I guess is still the part of the perception of the Chiefs still being this high powered Super Bowl contending team, and. Get, laying points on the road. I, I don't get this one. This one should probably be a pick leading towards the Raiders getting points. Craig, where are you on this one? Uh, I love the Raiders. They're my, like I said, they're my, my lock of the week. Over under here is 53 and a half. At least it opened there. Uh, I got 51. So obviously there's been some under action. It's been, it's been, oh, you're right. So it opened at 53 and a half. Um, let's see here. Caesars has it at 52. Uh, let's see here. A couple, one casino has it at 51 and a half. FanDuel has it at 52. So yeah, it's, it's, it, it opened at 53 and a half as bet down. I still like the under. Yeah. So yeah. And obviously there's probably been some sharp action coming on, on the under. Cause I don't think like the public never bets unders. So, no. so yeah, has to have been sharp action. All right. Last game of the week. The Los Angeles Rams are heading to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. The Rams coming off a pretty disappointing performance in the marquee primetime matchup against the Titans. They get raced out of the their own building by the Titans. Titans offense wasn't even really that good. They got a little bit lucky in the early going there. Uh, too bad Matt Stafford turned. Like, for the Matt Stafford lovers such as myself, this was obviously a very disappointing thing because it brought back up the old, can Matt Stafford actually get it done? Especially considering he contributed to directly to 14 of the Titans' 28 points. Um, uh, isn't this just, I feel the same way about this game for the Rams that I do about the, the, the Denver game for the Cowboys. This is just the way where the game where everything goes you're against you. Titans played well, and they had some players play well, but the Rams just were not doing some of their their normal stuff on offense for the first half. Again, a couple of turnovers, like you said. Um, this is just a game where everything went against the Rams. So I, I I I still feel pretty good about the Rams going forward here. That said, on the flip side, the 49ers, I mean, Kyle Shanahan uh, – I don't get this. Like, we got to turn the spotlight on this guy a little bit because he's been coasting on the reputation of being the OC for that Atlanta Falcons team that blew it in the Super Bowl for a long time now. And I know I that the say, anal- Go ahead. We talked about this via text. Um, Kyle Shanahan was the head coach of a team that if Jimmy Garoppolo takes about a quarter of a yard off of a deep shot to Emmanuel Sanders, would have won the Super Bowl. That's true. Like that, like that, that has to count for something, right? Like I guess, was, but that was one. That was one throw away from winning the Super Bowl. Like that's that's relevant. It's true, but to me, with this now, Kyle Shanahan thing, it's time for 49ers fans to sit here and wonder, hey, is this going to be the guy going forward? Uh, I think that's entirely fair. Uh, he and John Lynch have both pushed all the chips, all the chips, into the center on Trey Lance. And if they're wrong on that bet, it's going to cost them both their jobs. But I think that we're going to – if I were 49ers ownership, I would want to know the results of that bet before I uh, made any rash decisions as far as coaching or, or who the GM is of the team. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But it's a real Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately here thing with, with Kyle Shanahan. And what he's done for you lately are some pretty embarrassing losses in some pretty big spots. Like the Sharps were all over the 49ers. The 49ers opened up at one at, at a plus one last week. 
the game got bet to, it got bet down to 49ers minus one and then when we found out Murray was going to be out all of a sudden it was three before you know the day before game time and then if you were if you got on the Niners early which I did and I felt real good about it going into that Sunday night game had the plus one even though it was minus three and then all of a sudden an hour before the game DeAndre Hopkins is out it felt even better and then Chase Edmonds got hurt and I'm like this is a shoe in and they got boat raced out of their own building oh it was bad so i don't know this is this is a divisional matchup with the rams laying four it sounds like you're more on the rams craig i i think i'm not gonna bet on this game well that's not true i'm probably gonna sprinkle a little but i'm gonna be on the niners but i mean this this is this has got to be a like like this has got to be a show me something spot here for for Kyle Shanahan. This is this is you at home coming off an embarrassing loss to a divisional opponent, and now you've got another divisional opponent coming into your building on back to back weeks. You you, you got to show me something here. So I'm not gonna have a ton of money, but I'm gonna be on the Niners plus the four. Bill, where are you on this one? Rams heading into San Francisco, uh, laying four points. Yeah, I'm on the Rams here. I, I don't trust San Francisco at all, and I and I do trust the Rams. Um, I, I think Stafford's going to be able to move the ball quite a bit. I think the the Niners have struggled. You, you mentioned it already. They've, they've struggled in a lot of different ways, um, and I don't see a change in here. So give me the Rams. I think that I would have put this at seven, so I feel like I'm getting some three points here. Ooh, uh, Billy, pro-rating this one. Um, the tail of the tape for this one, spread-wise, San Francisco 49ers 2-6 and six against the spread. Ugh. Rams 4-5, and five, so two uh, – the Rams a bit mediocre, but two not great teams against the spread so far. Rams third in DVOA. San Francisco – where are you, San Francisco? San Francisco ninth. They're top 10 in DVOA despite their 3-5 and five record. I believe they are the only top 10 team that is below 500 right now. I, no, Indianapolis is 4-5 and five as well in their 10th, so – a pretty good matchup on paper, DVOA wise. Craig, uh, thoughts on this one? I will take the Rams. I think they're better, and yeah, I think I know, I'm not sure how much of a home field advantage that uh, field is. So yeah, I will. Uh, yeah, a lot of articles about them. A lot of articles about they haven't won a game there since like 2019 or something, something like that. Yeah, Le- Levi Stadium or whatever it's called. For a portion of last year, but yeah, yeah, playing um, in Arizona, and like the Niners, like the Niners are ninth in DVOA. Like that was an ugly loss this past week, but they're 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 far better than a three and five team. I think that much is fair to say. They're sixth in offensive DVOA, despite the fact that Garoppolo's missed a couple of games, uh, Kittle's missed a bunch of time. Like the offense can still move the ball, but I, I, I still want the Rams this week. I think the Rams are going to win. Yeah, I think you're right, but like at a certain point, it's got to be the Brad Pitt line with Kyle Shanahan. You know, it's got to be the Brad Pitt line from Moneyball, where he goes like, you know, if he's a good hitter, how come he doesn't hit good? You know, like it's a little bit with Kyle Shanahan. It's like if he's a good coach, how come he doesn't win the odd big game every once in a while, right? And it's just like, eh. But you know, it is what it is. But I, I think you're absolutely correct that it would be rash to uh, to boot him out of there. Um, well, all right. The bet's been. Lance, so let us just see whether the bet pays off or not. That's absolutely, absolutely. The, the die has been cast, and we'll see where it lands. Um, all right, all that's left to do is uh, announce our picks, and then uh, we'll we'll do a, a, a tentative survivor pick for the Week 10. Billy, and you won yet another week. Why don't you kick us off for Week 10? Yes, I will go with the Jets. 
the Broncos, the Patriots, the Chargers, and the Rams. Okay. Billy. I love LA. Can't uh, sing any more lines or I'll get sued. Um, all right. I can't have any more strikes against me, although we're not on SoundCloud anymore, so it should be fine. Uh, Craig, week 10, who you got? I'm going to be taking uh, the Baltimore Ravens because I'm a psychopath. Baltimore Ravens. Football. Ooh, that I'll is taking... risky in my mind. Uh, I know, but I'm. I also like to live dangerously. Uh, mm-hmm. What are What are we saying the Cleveland line is right now? I'll give you the plus two if you want it. Yeah, if it was If it was the plus three, I'd take Cleveland, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take the Cowboys instead. Okay, scratch that out then. Going to take. Uh, I'm gonna I like take Dallas minus not. I like the Dallas minus the nine better than the the Cleveland getting the two anyway, for what it's worth. Uh, I'm going to take the, the Carolina Panthers plus the 10. Or do I get 10 and a half there? You get 10 and a half from where I'm sitting. I'll take 10 and a half. Uh, I will be taking the Seattle Seahawks. I will be taking the Los Angeles Rams, as I said. Okay. And uh, what, what so do you... I get if I take the... What, sorry? Oh, that gives you five right there. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, scratch the Rams. What do I get if I uh, if I'm taking the Raiders instead? Do I get three or two and a half? I uh, get two and a half with the Raiders, from what I've seen. I'll be taking the Rams. I'll be taking the Rams. So, okay, so your official picks: Baltimore, Dallas, Carolina, Seattle, Rams. Correct. All right, I like those picks. Um, as for me, I'm going to take Washington plus the nine and a half. So yeah, here are the picks you can get from me, and go ahead and fade me because that seems to be the smart move. So I'm going to take Washington plus the nine and a half. I'm taking Indianapolis minus the ten and a half. Uh, give me New Orleans. I I said I love that earlier. I'm this. I'm with it. I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to be with Billy. I'm going to take the the Jets getting the points at home. And I vacillated on this last one. Craig, you went with Carolina. Billy, you went with New England. Those were the ones that I was debating. And I think I ultimately went, I'm, I think I'm ultimately going to go with New England. So for me, uh, football team, Colts, Saints, Jets, Patriots. I don't like uh, the Patriots, <laughs> betting on the Patriots, but here we are. Um, all that's left to do. Now, we mentioned earlier, obviously, we got knocked out of survivor pools. Uh, taking the Cowboys last week, but we're going to the the argument that we had last week um, was I attempted to convince you guys should we take Miami if Tyrod Taylor isn't playing, and then Tyrod Taylor ended up playing, so we were like, all right, we're going all in on the Cowboys then. So in the fictional world of the crossover podcast, we are going to MCU it here, and we're going to create a divergent timeline where we're going to pretend like we actually took the Miami Dolphins in week nine and are still alive in this survivor pool. So we're going to say that all of the teams that are gone, uh, all of the teams we had previously are gone. And also the Miami Dolphins are gone from us now. So week 10, who we got, I, I think it's a no brainer. We just take the Steelers and move on. Cause like, if you're ever going to use the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is the spot to do it. Is I it not? I agree with that logic entirely. Yeah. Uh, Billy, any dissension from. No, that seems uh, it's like it's, they're almost, almost guaranteed to win and it's not mm-hmm. a team you're ever going to use again. So that's exactly who you're looking for here. 
All right, so we're going to lock in the Pittsburgh Steelers for Week 10 in Survivor and, and hope that we don't lose in back-to-back weeks in Survivor because, boy, that would be embarrassing. But, uh, yeah, here we are. So, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, yeah, so that's it for this week. Crossover Podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe, five stars only. We're also on pretty much any podcatcher or whatever app you use to uh, you download podcasts we are likely on including google play spotify and stitcher so check us out and uh, leave us a review on any of those platforms that are available so that's it for this week we did pull double duty this week because if you're on this feed you may or may not have seen that we recorded our eternals review uh spoiler heavy kevin and i did the eternal so a true crossover week on the crossover podcast as we did both sports and comics so please uh if you've seen the eternals go back and check that review out and if you haven't seen it yet go see it and then come back and listen to our podcast um either you guys go see the eternals yet or nope not yet all right well uh yeah go ahead and check it out it is something else uh so that is it for this week take care everybody and we'll talk to you next time on the crossover podcast (laughs) 